Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Andrew. We're at Time Trap Escape Rooms. And you are listening to the Real Reading Podcast. Hello! I'm Hugh Ford. I'm Jenny Slevin. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 19 of the Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Tuesday the 5th of June, and this week's guest is Andrew Ingle from Time Trap Escape Rooms. If you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. We're on Instagram as well, and if you're able to, please leave us a lovely review on Apple iTunes. Um... As well as the interview with Andrew this week, we've got all the usual features, including what we've liked this week and Fort Explains It All, which, Hugh, is about what this week? It's about plans for a new secondary school in Reading. Cool. That sounds excellent, and we look forward to that in a little while, and we'll come back to that in a bit. Um, So, some of you eagle-eared listeners may have wondered, where have we been? Maybe you thought you'd got rid of us. Um, there's no nothing quite so, uh, it's slightly more tedious than that I think I would say. Uh, effectively we were all on holiday at different times and couldn't get together so uh, I think it's amazing that it hadn't happened in the previous 18 weeks due to that. So uh, especially with me having a two week holiday in that period as well. So um, most of you I know will have been eagerly, eagerly awaiting the Reading Driving Test Centre special. That will be next week and we are recording that uh, after this one. So don't worry, all your stories and Hugh Fort, how many times Hugh Fort failed his test will be on next week's podcast. <laughs> That's an absolute guarantee. I have some tales to tell. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um, so, on to what we've liked this week. Jenny, things you've liked this week. I have liked uh, seeing plans that we were put into Reading Borough Council last week. Um, to split the old Argos store in the Broad Street Mall up into five separate units, which would house shops, restaurants and some kind of leisure activity. Um, so the, the plan has been put forward by a developer called Inception Reading, and they would like to, like I say, divide it into, into five units. They say it's too big for a single retailer and uh, it needs repurposing to meet to market demand. Um, They say that they are already in talks with one retailer and are designing one of the units to to suit that that particular retailer. And they also say there's a strong interest from the commercial leisure market and the the kind of thing that that might go into a a leisure retail unit is anything from a cinema to a, a music hall, perhaps a bingo hall... Um, there could be a swimming bath there. It's Blimey. unlikely that there will be a swimming <laughs> bath there, uh, but there could be one. An ice skating rink, uh, which we know How big has is this needed, been needed in Reading for a long time. Gyms uh, and or, or a sport area. So, um, you know, Argos has been closed since January yeah. 2017. Yeah. So over a, a year and a half. A year and a half? A year and a half, not over a year and a half. Um, uh, so I just think it'd be really good to, to see something go mm. in there now. Obviously, that end of town towards Oxford Road has has always been a bit quiet and and well since the Oracle was opened, probably kind of not really number one shopping destination in Reading. But we already know we've spoken about before that there's the um, the shipping container yes, market that's bring that opening up. outside Broad Street Mall. And so then on the other side, if we've got five new shops and or restaurants, that will yeah. really kind of bring the area to life. There's also, yeah, there's also some sort of plan, isn't there? A big, bold plan for the area where the civic um, offices used to be um, rumoured to have um, a supermarket mm-hmm. as well as everything else, um, other, other unconfirmed things to redevelop that area, which is largely empty at yeah. the moment since they knocked down the uh, civic offices it's a bit a bit dingy around there to be honest so it's um, yeah well there's, there's an empty nightclub as well isn't there <laughs> further along and um, and uh, let's hope if this is permitted it would see something quite cool and um, to brighten up the area I'd like to see a laser quest oh, oh yes I love laser quest <laughs> there's a special episode on laser quest in, in London Road yeah there? and and uh Oh yes, yeah. I think I had my maybe my twelfth or thirteenth <laughs> birthday party at Laser Quest. I seem to remember there were there were a group of 
kind of 20-something-year-old men <laughs> playing at the same time as us. And one of my friends got knocked around the head with a, with a laser <laughs> wow. rifle by one of the men. Um, but yeah, it would be fun to have a laser quest. That would quest be brilliant, there. bring I, back laser quest. I always remember whenever I used to go to laser quest, there'd be a group of me and my friends going there who didn't who played a bit, didn't really know what to do, and there'd be, there'd be people there who went every single week, and yep. they'd basically just follow you around. <laughs> they, they played so often, they knew exactly how long it took for you, to shoot you and for your pack to go dead and then come back alive again, and they'd follow you around, wait, and then they would say, like, pack, act it, before something like that, they shoot you again. And by the end of it, you should be like, just go away. <laughs> Find someone else. Stop, stop bullying me. Yeah, laser quest would be a really, really fun there. Or a bowling alley. Yeah, bowling alley. I think the whole... It's long needed a bowling alley. The thing that stands out most from this is I didn't realise how big that place was, if it could house any of those things. Well, I think if you think about the size of Argos, yeah. and then obviously they had some kind of stock room yeah. attached to it as well, wow. which, I mean, I presume that the shops that are opening there will need stock rooms, and if there's restaurants, they will need kitchens. So I can't imagine they will be massive, yeah. but but you don't need lots and lots of space for a, a bowling alley, do you? Um, you um, do. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But Where'd yeah. you put the pins? It's at very night? interesting to see what they could be. I my guess might it might be something like a gym. Yeah, that's what tends to crop up in these let's, places. Let's hope There's they're a bit more innovative. Yeah. Um, and one of the really exciting parts of the plan, I think, is this idea of having a, an outdoor dining area which at the minute is difficult to envisage because you sit outside Argos and you're at a bus stop. <laughs> yeah. but, um, it's handy. <laughs> but um, it, it would be interesting to see some, some, some drawings of, of that kind of outdoor dining area once, once the plans are kind of firmed up a bit more. But they, yeah, they've been submitted to Reading Borough Council. We know that these things take time, yeah. but it would it, be nice to see that kind of part of town brought to life a bit more, I think. I think ultimately what we've learned here is bring back Laser Quest. Yeah. Um, Hugh. I feel a campaign coming. <laughs> Strong campaign. Yeah. Hugh. Petitions.org. It, it, takes us, it takes us on nicely to what I've liked this week. It's because uh, we talked about having, when we had a Laser Quest. And um, now we don't have a Laser Quest. Can I just say this wasn't planned at all? It wasn't planned entirely at all. And it's actually made me realise that um, in this particular article, which I'm about to talk about, I forgot to put that we don't have a Laser Quest in anymore. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure a laser quest, laser quest would have fitted into this. Okay, okay, um, but it's, it's the um, it's the thirty nine lost icons of Reading. Um, it was a look, trip down memory lane, um, looking back on uh, all the things which many people will remember from the town in the recent past and the more distant past. Um, for example, the Speedway Stadium, yep. not there anymore. Um, the old football ground, Elm Park, very fondly remembered by, by older Reading fans as a cauldron of noise compared to <laughs> the more uh, sedate. Think of the neighbours, though, there. come on. Well, it's a very expensive flats now, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> sure, they're, they're happy. Um, old cinema, things like old cinemas, things like Virgin Megastore, which was the place to get your heavy metal T-shirts and cassettes. Do you need me to explain what cassettes are for our young Nope. People? <laughs> I was old enough. You used to be able to... The trick was always to be able to unwind oh. them with a biro, which I'm holding now. With a biro, always, yeah. Or a pencil. Eventually, sooner or later, without you doing anything, they, you, you press play one day and they yeah. just go... Yeah. <laughs> and that would be the end of them. Um, but look back on other things, like old nightclubs, um, bars, um, a few pubs. We've, we've looked at pubs specifically as well, um, so we've stayed away from pubs this time. But it was a very enjoyable... Um, interesting thing to research and to look at and I certainly learned a few things about about uh, the past in Reading and um, it's just very uh, very interesting to look back on, at things like that one, one of the things we wrote about was something called the Ace Club which I didn't even know existed until <laughs> until we started working on this article so uh, what was it? it was a jazz club oh, right. um, and it was in Broad Street down an alleyway which you can no longer get to now because there's a shop blocking it essentially um, kind of in between Queen Victoria Street and Cross Street I think so. yes I think so yeah and uh, it closed in the 1960s late 1960s I believe um, and that was something I wasn't even aware of uh, so all these little things People will remember, people might not remember, yeah. people might be reminded of. So if, uh, it's called 39 Lost Icons of Reading. And 
it was a very enjoyable thing to do. Yeah. Well, mine this week, I think, trumps, frankly, all of them. And it was the uh, fantastic uh, two or three minutes last week that the Flying Scotsman spent in Reading. Now, the Flying Scotsman is, I'm going to say, world-famous uh, piece of British engineering. Um, and it's a, it's a steam train. And it came to Reading and it delighted the crowd that was there. Um, I got to do a Facebook Live of it uh, and just to see the thing. I'm a bit, I'm a little bit of a train nerd, I think, as, as we may have established previously. But just such a fantastic thing to see it in, in, the, in the flesh, as it were, in the iron or whatever you want to call it. But it was just, it was just incredible to see something. I think it's 95 years old. Yeah, and it was obviously, refurbished recently, yeah. wasn't it? Maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, and, and it's, it went on a massive tour around huge, England. Huge, and it's also unfortunately it's also back today or on Tuesday uh, this afternoon. But obviously uh, we'll be putting this out on Friday, so we can't obviously recommend people go and see it. But um, and I suppose it's probably given that it has had a refurbish. I guess it's a bit like one of those things um, in the episode of Only Fools and Horses where Trigger has his broom and he says it's had 13 new heads and however many new handles and it's not actually the same broom and I imagine there's probably an argument here that after 95 years it's probably not the same engine but it, it sort of the, the spirit of it's there and it just looks I absolutely fantastic I await the fantastic. emails from train fans yes, telling us why telling you're wrong <laughs> telling us how, how wrong you are oh I'm sure I'm very thousands wrong thousands of words just to see this thing though that is, is has set so many records and stuff around the uh, it, it, you know in its world yeah, it famous holds in, two world records doesn't yes. it or it, 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 has it certainly did held two held yeah. two world records i think one of them was the the longest the longest journey without stopping and i wish i could remember off the top of my head how long that journey was unfortunately yeah. i can't <laughs> clearly i'm not a nerd enough to be able to reel these things off but i'm sure there was a speed record as well in there somewhere yes. certainly anybody emailing if you were there uh, we'd love to. We'd love to hear from you. Um, it's certainly one of the most popular stories on our website this week was finding out that the Flying Scotsman was coming to town, but and was on time. And it was well on time. Yes, that is, yes. That is unusual <laughs> for a train to railway station. Yes, and there's certainly obviously a few people pointed that out uh, that it was on time, and also it had twelve carriages on it as well, which is more than the Gosh, majority of trains these days. Luxury, so. yeah. Oh, there's a whole road we could go down there where I'm angry at trains, and I'm not going to do it. So, <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Now it's time for Fort Explains It All. Yes. So this week we will be talking about the long-awaited new secondary school in uh, in Reading. The council's been talking about this for a while. It reckons um, it's very complicated uh, prediction system that I'm not going to explain. Um, it's just because you don't understand it's it. It's because I don't understand <laughs> it. Yeah, you're explaining it all. Yes, <laughs> it's except all, that bit. It's all minus that bit. It's very complicated. but they, Except the complicated bits. It is believed that... Uh, the council will need to create a thousand new secondary school places by 2025 and 2026 um, to cope with the expanding population of the town, which is quite a lot. And the council has been searching for a suitable site to build this new secondary school. Um, I there's no indication yet as to how big it would be, but I, I would, to, to create a thousand new secondary school. I think it's six forms of entry. So full uh, so, okay. Um, so it would be they, the council has chosen a site in Ritual Avenue, which is um, to the west of uh, Rivermead Leisure Complex and bordering Thameside Promenade, which is not far from the Reading Festival site um, for this new school. And um, yes, yeah, so what what this means is that the um, the council was also in a separate project looking for a a site for travellers um, which it had earmarked land in Cow Lane Fall um, but now that this secondary school plan is going ahead that site is no longer um, going to happen um, the idea for this site was to be when you have travellers arriving on council land if you have a site in the borough you have more power to move them mm. to say look we've got this site here go there um, rather than wherever they, they are now places like Prospect Park or in Southcote or where they, they have been in recently in Portman Road mm -hmm. um, it gives the police and the council powers to move them instantly rather than going through the courts which is what they have to do now 
So this project, um, that project is now, it's not going to be where they uh, were in Cow, near Cow Lane, but they are still looking for land. What they did say at the time um, of discussing this must be about a year ago now, that there's very little land in Reading for something like this. And I, I believe that it was the only site that they could find there <laughs> at the time. So now that they're not going to do that, there's no indication as to where it might be, if, if anywhere. Um, so this is an, a, another headache for them um, to find the site because I think it's something they really want to do because they they have this this fairly constant problem certainly throughout the summer of these illegal camps um, set up around the borough mm. and they have to go through this legal process each time and uh, all the police have to remove them um, from those so that's that's another headache for them certainly this school um, is a very interesting project um, that. The council is going to embark on. They say it could open by twenty twenty one, which is fairly quick, mm. fairly quick um, work. And I guess um, I'm not sure what the catchment area would be. Um, maybe some of the overschool pupils from around Caversham. I know High Down School is full, um, and the. the they, they're currently sending a lot of people to, to Chilton Edge, which is in South Oxfordshire. So, um, I guess the idea is to have more more uh, more of those Reading kids go to this new school. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how this progresses, whether twenty twenty one is is likely, and what happens now with this uh, site for travellers as well. So, there's a few question marks over various aspects. What about the um, kind of outdoor activity high ropes centre that was was planned for that kind of area? Yes, well, apparently that is um, not going to happen now as well. I guess something, you know, in these times we are in, um, the, the council needs to build a new school. Um, and if this is the best site for it, they, they have to prioritise something over something like that, which I'm sure is great, be brilliant to have in Reading. But unfortunately money and space and the, they, the council has this problem you know I've just talked about it with the traveller site but land generally for new buildings is, is very sparse in Reading um, and so something like a, a high ropes scheme probably has to you know bite the bullet unfortunately when when you need new schools and things like that so sadly we, were, we may not see that anytime soon no king of the swingers in Reading then no king of the swings, no. <laughs> There's no um, indication that these plans will have any effect on the new swimming pool plan for River Mead Leisure Centre? Or is uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. I think they're, they're two completely separate schemes. If if the council was to now come out and say, we're not going to build the swimming pool we've been promising on the land at River Mead because we're building a new school, then, then that would go against everything they've said in very strong terms, mm. having closed two swimming pools um, and on the promise that they're going to build two new, much better ones with much better facilities to then say, <coughs> to say we're not going to do that now um, because we were building a new school down the road. Um, it doesn't really... It's not going to go well with the people who want a new pool yeah. and have lost those two pools. Well, I just imagine as well, when I was at school, I don't know whether this is still the case, well, it won't be the case now, but I don't know whether it was the case until recently. When I was at school, we had our swimming lessons at Arthur Hill Pool. I imagine there being a school next door to a brand new swimming pool, there'll be good good swimming lesson provisions yeah. for, for the yeah. pools there. That would, that would make total sense, yeah. wouldn't it? You know, these, these pools, these pools, the one that... The one, I think the one they're proposing to build at Rivermead is the one with diving um, mm. facilities as well. Um, so to have that down the road from a new school makes total sense, I, I guess. And I'm not saying this is going to happen at all, but it's just a thought I've had. Perhaps they might build a new pool at the school. I was going to say this because, I mean... But don't quote me on that. But no. It's just an idea. But they built... Yeah. They did that at my old school. My old school was there, and they, they yeah. built a lovely new pool in there. So, well, they, I, I mean, listeners to the podcast know that I'm I'm originally from Bracknell, and there were more than a, more than one or two schools in Bracknell that had swimming pools attached to mm. them. Um, Harmon's Water had uh, a pretty good facility, Harmon's Water School, and my old school on uh, Meadow Vale had a real quite dilapidated outdoor pool that was sadly and eventually closed, but. 
there were swimming pools used to certainly be quite common That's in schools. Because those are primary schools as well. Yeah, aren't they? yeah. And the the other thing as well is when they I've noticed as well when these new facilities are built, they tend to if it, especially if it's got astroturf pitches or three G pitches, they tend to team up with local sports clubs to you to yeah. kind of block book them so it yeah, would make sense we are obviously speculating massively yeah. but schools do tend to be particularly big schools tend to be more than just schools yeah they do tend to offer community facilities yeah. but, it's and, a revenue stream as well to counteract that there is a swim already a swimming pool and football pitches and everything yards down the road from true. where they want to yeah. build this so that's so, true so who knows i'm not going to speculate anymore because i don't want joe lovelock and tony page and all the rest <laughs> of them on the phone so. <laughs> One of the other things we haven't mentioned, and we must because it's it, it's a necessity on this podcast, is that um, there will be really good bus routes to bus access <laughs> to this new school once the work at Cow Lane is finished. I was going to say, will that be finished by 2021? Well, we, <laughs> we, we hope so. It's hope. already been delayed by six months, hasn't yes. it? So, so yeah, when's that? That's, uh, now that's due to finish in January, February time? Yes, it's due to reopen both ways fairly soon, yes. next month. But there's going to be another six months of work to make it fully finished yeah. for so buses and things can go down there. And it's been a very long, painstaking project. But um, six months from well, so December time, Christmas time, could be a lovely Christmas present for, <laughs> for people in oh, Reading. That, that new road opening. Just, but, just checking as well. That uh, Reading buses haven't offered to sponsor us yet, have they? <laughs> no, no, no. It's strange that we'll I don't keep really. Trying. Yeah, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Work hard, guys. Work hard. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Just to be clear. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, you. Um, that was great. Uh, hopefully, a bit of understanding for everybody about what's what's going to be going on. Um, now we've got a pre-recorded interview with Andrew Ingle from Time Trap Escape Rooms. Roll the tape. Hi everyone, I am here at Time Trap Escape Rooms on Friar Street with Andrew and Katie, who are the brains behind the uh, scenarios here. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Good, um, thank you. Um, we are quite literally in the Mad Hatter's Tea Party right now, and uh, I'm quite freaked out by the whole situation. <laughs> There's a massive book in front of me, and there's a big grinning face on the wall behind me. Um, what's going on? Uh, well, we're actually in Lewis Carroll's brain at the moment. Okay, so, yes, I thought it was a bit sticky coming in. <laughs> so yeah, for this experience, um, our players are shrunk down to fit inside Lewis Carroll's okay. brain. And the mission is to restore the idea of Alice's adventures in Wonderland. Okay. So, something's happened to Lewis Carroll and he's forgotten all of the ideas behind the story. Um, and you need to work together with your team to basically put everything back into his imagination. How long do you get to do that? Um, so you get one hour or maybe a few minutes more. Place. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just just to check, I do get resized afterwards. You do get resized, yes. Although Good. some people ask not to be completely. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, because I've got a really short friend who could probably do with a, a couple of extra... Exactly. <laughs> probably an extra foot on top. <laughs> um, so... How did how did this how did a time trap escape rooms how did this come to I've been to one in, in London and it was mm-hmm. great fun but how does something like that it's a big thing in the moment how does that happen how does it come up as an idea as a business even to get behind yeah so I think with us um, so myself and Katie both went to University of Reading um, Katie did a three year course I did a four year so Katie had been in jobs for about a year before I was starting to come to graduation. And we were both looking sort of for our next move, um, yeah. for our next job. And we didn't really want to work for a big corporate, didn't want to get stuck in an office job. So we, we looked into escape rooms. Katie had started consulting for escape rooms. Okay. Um, and I sort of said, why don't you know, do this by yourself? And Katie said, I can't you know, do the business side so well. Uh, so Katie's mainly the creative side. I'm mainly the business side. Um, and so that's sort of how it happened. 
Ah, okay, so, so Katie, this is all out of your mind? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I think when people find that out, they sort of say things like, oh, what, what were you on when you were like, <laughs> creating this? But I just love being creative, and it's, I, I find it really, it's just really fun, so it's, it's quite easy, and sometimes people are like, how do you, because obviously the puzzle's all intertwined, yeah. and people are like, how do you, like, how do you map this out and how can you like contain this all but it's just the best job ever it's I find it easy because I love it so talk, talk to me a little bit about how you how you guys found the location because I walked down here today and you know I said to you on the way in uh, probably 10 years ago I was a regular at walkabout so I know all about where walkabout is <laughs> but I had no idea that I was leaning up against somewhere that would eventually become yeah. time trap escape room so so how did, how did you kind of find find the location and somewhere suitable um, so we um, so we'd, we'd actually started doing pop-up games for a year to raise enough money right. to rent a permanent building. So when it came time to, to look for the building, Andrew was just spent hours and hours <laughs> trawling all of the estate agents' sites and everything, um, and then came across this, which was actually the first building we actually got to view, because all the other buildings we inquired about, they were all let already, or yeah. sold already, it was crazy. Um, and this building was really... Um, a bit weird, unloved, um, not wanted by anybody because it's a bit of a maze. You know, people want open plan offices these days. Yeah. Um, it wasn't in a great condition either, um, and they were just desperate to let it. it. It suited us really because we wanted to completely redecorate like, yeah. everything. Obviously, to create these rooms, we're really drastically changing um, the space. So, suited us like down to the ground, <laughs> yeah. and they just wanted to get. Rid- Get it yeah. So when you said the word maze, I immediately thought, oh, that sounds ideal for for, yeah. uh, for something like this that yeah. is a bit kind of all over the place. Yeah, because a lot of escape rooms, um, if they find themselves renting like yeah. a large space, they have to build walls to yes. section it all out, and we already had that. So that's great. that's fantastic. So, I mean, I guess how long did it take between kind of getting the keys to the building and actually? getting everything getting your was it one room at a time you set one room up and then work on the next one or or was it sort of all together yeah so um we we first looked at the building in october 2016 yeah wow <laughs> um, <laughs> october 2016 and then we got the keys on march 28th 2017 yeah. um, and then it was june 14th 2017 that we opened so it was a couple of months to yeah. build our first room um we used 50 litres of paint, I think, to paint the, wow. the whole blue and yellow throughout the building. Um, and yeah, so it took a few months, but that was our first game, Rebellion, yeah. which is downstairs. Um, and then uh, about four months after, we opened Imaginarium, um, which is where we are now. So talk to me about Rebellion then, because we we have, I haven't been in that room, and I, I would, you know, if I come back on it, to be a bit yeah. of a surprise. Yeah. So um, talk, to me about, talk to me about the Rebellion room, what goes on in there? So, um, sorry. Um, so, Rebellion is it focuses on Reading's history a bit more than yeah. Imaginarium does. So, obviously, the Abbey's reopening in next so, week. Yes, next week. I think wow. I saw ten, de- yeah, ten days. Yeah. By the time this podcast goes out, it'll be a different number of days. So let's just say <laughs> <True>. soon. Soon. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the Abbey's obviously reopening soon. Um, we wanted to also focus on Reading's history because it yeah. has got a rich history that people sometimes don't know of. Yes. Um, so we focused on Matilda and Stephen's battle um, in Rebellion. So you are basically rebels on the side of Matilda um, and you've got to infiltrate King Stephen's castle to f- locate the crown and retrieve yeah. the, the crown for the Empress Matilda. This should be the rightful heir because Henry I did name her as his heir and right. then Stephen sort of just came in, he stole, stole the typical man. Stole typical bloke, yes, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, and also they um, did that play about Matilda quite recently, so that was nice because that, sort of, okay. that sort of came out as we were opening. So. Okay, so why, why do we not see a King Stephen? Why, why is there no King Steve? I think that I think he is actually recorded. I, I had a ruler at school that had all the kings and queens, and King Steve was not on it. It's like debated by historians, I think, because we, we always do a lot of research for yeah. we build a new experience, which is really fun because we both love history. Um, and I read a lot of debates about you know whether he should be included because yeah. um, he wasn't rightfully 
king. So I'm sure your ruler was uh, <laughs> Team Matilda ruler. I'm sure. It, I'm, sure I'm sure it probably was. <laughs> so do you go over to the museum? Because obviously the museum is just around the corner, around mm-hmm. the corner from here. Do you, do you speak to those guys over there at all? Yeah. We've had them on the podcast talking about the Abbey uh, and talking about a couple of other things, particularly the, the Abbey Gateway as well. Um, and there's, there's an awful lot in there. Yeah. Is, is that something you use? We've been over there twice to the museum, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. And then just a lot of Google as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way. It really is. So you mentioned you mentioned earlier in the um, in the in the interview that you went to Reading University. So does that mean you're not from around here? No. So Andrew's from um, South Wales, but his parents are from the Reading area, okay. roughly. And I'm from Sevenoaks in Kent. Okay. And um, my parents are from Essex, so I'm really not linked to Reading <laughs> apart from going to uni but yeah we both stayed after uni yeah. and so I guess getting to the to the nuts and bolts of our kind of podcast which is about Reading so mm-hmm. what what made you stay what made you want to, to to not go home well I think so we we wanted to set up an escape room yeah. and um we just identified Reading as a great place to do it because when we started there actually weren't any escape rooms in Reading um and we were just I mean, from being students, we'd sort of already become aware that there's not loads to do in Reading in terms of, like, more interesting sort of yeah. entertainment-based activities. Yeah. So we were really keen to just do our bit, sort of, do and something, yeah. add a new one of them. Something yeah. a little bit different. And so since since then, there there's obviously been a few other escape rooms have popped up all over the place. So, so were you guys the first ones? We were kind of joint first. Right. <laughs> so we um, opened our first game at the Reading Fringe Festival. Yeah. Um, and then another one of the escape rooms in Reading opened like the same week as us as well, so we're sort of the same yeah. age. Okay, so what, what's the kind of is there a big competition between you guys? How do you get on? Because did you you mentioned in the, before we were talking about was there three other mm. companies doing doing escape rooms? Yeah, yeah. So there's um, there's us escape Reading and Deadlocked in yeah. Reading, and then there's Knockout in Woodley. Um, okay. Or, Good, great places. Um, so go visit them all. But I suppose, um, yeah. So there's not really competition in the sense of you know it gets a bit um, yeah. feisty. But um, it's more we recommend each other because once yeah. you come to an escape room, you can only play it once. You can't yeah. go back and do the same one over and over again. So yeah, we do try and recommend each other. And yeah, it's, if you love escape rooms, then you want to do them all. So yeah. why not? So yeah. is there sort of like a, a circuit? so to speak so you, you go to one and then you, you yeah. kind of complete them all yeah I think I think especially with Reading now it's got so many I think there's at least 12 coming up to 12 5, 6, which, 7, 8, 9, 10 yeah 12 yeah, yeah. which is a lot for a, a town of our size Some, yeah um, somewhere the size of it is yeah so to, uh, you also mentioned um, you've got another one open on was it where was it uh, Kings Road <coughs> sorry so 58 Kings Road um, above 58 Barbershop so that is called the Divide. Yep. And it is basically it's a, ve- it's a very different escape room. So, Imaginarium, you're in a brain rebellion, you're going into a medieval castle. Um, so, most, well, 99% of escape rooms are sort of frivolous and they're really good fun. Yeah. Um, with the Divide, we want to do, to do something different. So, obviously, um, there's a homelessness issue across yes. the UK, but uh, especially in Reading. Um, and since working in Reading Town Centre, we've sort of we've really wanted to do something to help um, to help that. So we thought, um, why not try and create a game that can raise money, raise money for um, Launchpad, so the homelessness charity in Reading. But also, why can't it sort of focus on the issue? Yeah. Um, so not only is it raising money for Launchpad with ten percent of bookings going their way. Um, it's also bringing up social and sort of political issues um, and focusing on this, the social divide. So I think it's probably one of the first in the UK to do that. But it's, yeah, it's open for a couple more months. It's open until August 15th, so it's only here for a while. So okay, so we're If you do want to play it, yeah, yeah. Get, yeah, get there soon. <laughs> so, and, and how, how do people book? Just on the, is it on the website or, or yeah. what's the yeah. website? Um, so the website is www.timetrapescaperooms.com. Um, yeah, so you can book online, or if you'd like to use the phone, you can also pick up the phone too. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, I, I two more questions, which uh, anybody regularly listening to the podcast usually means I've got about five more questions. Um, but uh, one of them simply was, um, tell me what's something you love about Reading, love about being in Reading. 
I love discovering secret things that I've not known about in the outskirts of Reading. Yeah. Like, I love the countryside around the town. Um, I actually really love that it's not a city. I love that it's a town because yeah. it's it's sort of... It keeps it small and like you feel like you know it better because you know all the areas. Yeah. But when you drive out that little bit and visit, you know, the surrounding villages and... Like that time we just found that amazing wood of bluebells that you'd have no idea was there. <laughs> and the other day we actually went to the Thames Lido on, oh, yes. on a rare day off. Um, and that was amazing. Like, you couldn't believe it was, you know, pretty much right in the centre of Reading and so peaceful. So, yeah, that's my favourite thing. Yeah. Um, I think I love some of the architecture in the town. So this building itself, I, I love the red, red brick buildings. Yeah. Um, and this building, I think, is 18th century. It's got so much history that... When we were researching um, this building, we, we asked on the old Reading group, yeah. uh, Facebook group, and asked them what this building used to be. And it, I think our favourite thing was it used to be the potato department for the <laughs> Ministry of Food. And it's just like, <laughs> I, people don't realise Reading's history quite no, so much. And I think no. it, it, like if you look up in the town centre, you see the beautiful buildings. Um, and then you've got yeah places like Reading Prison, which is, uh, I love the... The, um, the exhibition that was on with our angel there a couple of years ago and I'd, I'd absolutely love for that to become a theatre or an art space like they're suggesting at the minute but yeah excellent so uh, this question is based on me uh, interviewing Pete from Shade Cafe and not knowing that he was Pete from Pete and the Pirates so on the basis of that um, tell us something that people wouldn't know about you um so Andrew and I are the youngest escape room owners in the country um at sort of over 300 companies wow. um so that's pretty cool and we, start, we started it two years ago as well so yeah we so you were even it, younger then yeah, yeah we yeah. started the company when we were 21 so yeah that's a Quite fun fact um, and I have just remembered um I was just reading the biographies on the wall downstairs just as I came in which was a silly thing for you to allow me to oh, do no. um <laughs> now Katie I don't quite remember what yours said but I do remember that Andrew said he does a Scooby-Doo impression which I would now like to hear please I have instantly regretted this <laughs> okay Ruby <laughs> Roo Reggie? There we go. He's he's really good at impressions generally, but he gets really shy and won't do them. But he is really good. Can we just say goodbye in Scooby Doo? Oh, Never done goodbye before. <laughs> goodbye. That was really good. That was marvellous. Yeah. Uh, Katie and Andrew, thank you very much for having me. Thank, no, thank you. you. That was Andrew Ingle from Time Trap Escape Rooms. Um, I, obviously, I went down there to record that, and it looks great fun. Um, anybody else been to an escape room? I've done one in London. It was good. Um, it wasn't. It was a detective one, and I wanted it to be more like detectivey. But it was just obviously finding things and clues and stuff. But Hugh and I went, went to, to forensically time examine Yes, I did. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Sorry. No. Well, yeah. Hugh and I and the rest of the the Get Reading team. I think it was. Us two, James, Lucy and Jonathan, went to Time Trap Escape Rooms, which is in Whiston Terrace, I believe it is, isn't it, by, by um, Walkabout. I believe and so, yes. they've got two there now, but when we went there was only one open. But the premise was that um, it was all tied in with King Henry I and his daughter. So the premise is, the quick backstory, King Henry I, if you don't know, had a daughter... Um, his son died on a on a boat, so he had a daughter, and when he died, he wanted to make his daughter queen, which, as you can imagine, didn't go down very Outrageous. well because she's a woman, and women, oh. women can't lead. What was he thinking? Um, <laughs> the current one is just a fluke. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. Um, but uh, his daughter Matilda was supposed to be queen after his death. Her cousin Stephen stole the crown because she was in France at the time, I believe, with her very abusive husband. Um, And 
the premise of the escape room is that we are Matilda's rebels right. trying to find the crown before Stephen's aides find the crown. Okay. Um, unfortunately, we did not win, which is probably why Matilda didn't end up being queen. We're to blame. Yeah, because um, it, it does change history. We were yeah. one puzzle away from completing it within the time frame, but I think... Generally, we didn't work particularly well as a team. <laughs> no, there was a, a fair amount of bickering. I think our, our strength is in news rather yes. than puzzle solving. So, um, yeah. But yeah, it was really good fun. And Andrew's a great guy. Um, I think he's a he's a former University of Reading student who lived outside of Reading before going to university and and stayed after finishing his course to to start a business, yeah. which is oh, great. really obviously really great for the area. And yeah, he's done a brilliant thing. Does he run it with his girlfriend, is that right, who designs? Or is I don't know if they're romantically involved. Okay. <laughs> they may well be, I don't know. He was speculating right now. Yeah, more speculation, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to build a pool of no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good fun. So if you haven't had a go at doing the time trap escape rooms, I'd definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, I won't say anything else because I, I might give things away. But yes, keep it, keep it secret. Um, it's now time for the everybody's favourite random question. So, uh, I can't remember who did it eight weeks ago, whenever it is we last <laughs> did it, but um, I'm going to go with Hugh. Do you want to pick? Any time today. What have we got? One thing that you'd love in Reading. Ooh. <laughs> Laser quest. Good Laser one. Bowling <laughs> <laughs> alley. Ice rink. Do we need time to think briefly? I think I've listed all of mine. All right, laser quest and ice rink. So you've stolen Hughes too. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Not, I, I'm not. I'm not bothered by ice rink. Like. A traumatic childhood experience. For a while, um, on the old Get Reading site, before we moved several different platforms, there was a real campaign for a, a roller, uh, a roller disco, a roller disco, oh. which was a huge campaign. Only in our comments section, but it was a huge campaign on change.org and, and all that sort of thing didn't exist at the time. But um, yeah, roller derby. He was gently stroking his he beard. Is. <laughs> I'd really like what? a like a, a nice Michelin quality restaurant in the town centre. That's what or I was going to like say. Just like a gastro yeah. pub. There's um, some very good places, but there's there's nowhere with that kind of fine. Fine dining, yeah. which is certainly recognised by the Michelin, yeah. Michelin star. Obviously, we've got Lauterland, which is in Chinfield, which is technically Wokingham, but we it's adopt it as well. It's, it's the greater really. <laughs> um, and I think there might be another Michelin star coming nearby. There's a, a restaurant in Shiplake called Orwells, which okay. is which is really lovely. Um, which I think is is going for a Michelin star. One of their chefs was on the Great British Menu. Is that the one with Hugh's uncle? Famously presented. Well, yes, famously presented, presented, presented by my judges. uncle, Matthew Fort, who's one of the judges uh, in the show, which is on at the what time's BBC it on? 2 at 6, <laughs> six o'clock when, when, when it's ready. I mean, yeah, has the new series started? Yeah, I, I think one has been filmed, yes. Oh, it's Coming soon. one of my favourite cooking programmes. No spoilers. Um, but yeah, that would be nice, like a, a nice... Uh, well, we've got London Street Brasserie, which is kind of. I mean, it's never got to. It's never got the Michelin star, has it? But it is no, nice food. There's a few places that, that offer fine fine dining, and I'm sure are really really great. But you know, it's prestige, prestige isn't it? Yeah. To have this, to have like a starred place. I'd like to see a two star place. Why? Right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's really go for it, Heston. <laughs> Um, and there are lots of other kind of, you know, all the little areas. So I grew up in Towhurst and, and my mum is constantly saying she wishes there were kind of more little local businesses in yeah. Towhurst. It's, yeah. so, it's such a such a large area, Towhurst. And, you know, there are a couple of bookies and there are a couple of pubs. Yeah. Um, lots and lots of estate agents. I think there's a funeral directors. But it would be nice in Towhurst if there was just kind of a little restaurant that people could pop to without going to town. We, you and I went to, you and I, Jenny, had a day out in Winchester a few weeks ago, didn't we? And obviously it'd be very easy to say, wouldn't it be nice if we had a cathedral? But um, <laughs> that's, that's obviously not going to happen. You can't make, make that kind of history. But what was, on, developers. <laughs> <laughs> what was incredibly, I think the last time that happened was Guildford. Have you seen that cathedral? It's awful. 
Is that a new? It's a big, it's a big brick monstrosity. Um, it's horrible. Anyway, um, all Guildford listeners have now left us, which is a massive shame. Obviously, they would miss the going the cathedral band, yeah. bandwagon by about <laughs> six or seven hundred years. Um, but what was really noticeable, and I think you and I both picked up on it, was just the sheer amount of independent mm. businesses in Winchester city centre. It was just absolutely full of them, and you know, obviously. Proper, not proper, sorry, that's the wrong word entirely. Not proper, but you know, commercial enterprises and, and, and chain stores have their absolute place. But the thing that was incredibly noticeable about Winchester was that most of the businesses were small independent yeah. ones, and it was that would be that would be lovely. You know, we've 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 got a few, we've got we've, oh, yes, we have yeah, got yeah, yeah, more and more popping up, and, and you never know with the you know, Prezzo and Carluccio's yeah. and all of those kind of restaurant chains are struggling. It might be yeah. a, a shift to, and we've had an awful lot of those on our podcast as well. So it's not like there aren't independent yeah. businesses, I think it was just you and I are both struck by how many there were. It's a bit of a different demographic, though, of course. It? Yes, it's, yes, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit more posh. I've, I've often noticed when you go to the, po- the posher towns, they have what I deem to be sort of superfluous uh, you know shop selling things that you know nobody needs and you know a lot of sort of haberdasheries and places like that yeah. trinkets and pots and things like that the sort of people that, that wealth sort of things that wealthy people have in, in their houses um, <laughs> if you ever go to Oxford there's loads of shops like who that who has zero trinkets <laughs> very jealous a lot of utter rubbish entirely minimalistic existence I have one source I think I've still got a lot of your minimalistic stuff in my loft. So, uh, right. You know what I'm getting is Reading's demographic is a bit different from that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the the, the companies and the people know know what the demographic is and cater for it. Yes, very true. Very true. Um, Well, that was this week's random question. No need for a break in that one this week. It all rolled off the tongue rather nicely, I thought. Um, Jenny, a couple of events coming up. Yes, uh, two on Saturday. First of all, we've got Woodley Carnival, um, which is a superhero and villains theme this year. Um, There's a procession starting in Comet Way at 11am, and that procession will make its way through Woodley and finish at Memorial Park. Right. Um, And there's going to be lots of fun uh, family activities. It's not free, unfortunately. I think tickets are £10 for adults and £5 for children. But there's bouncy castles and obstacle courses and face painting and live music, food trucks, all of that sort of stuff that you can that you can get at a really good family day out. Um, and I think everyone's encouraged to dress up as as their favourite superhero or villain. So I imagine there will be a lot of Batman and Jokers. And <laughs> we couldn't really think of any other villains. What Wiley Coyote is he? Is it specifically villain themed? Is it's it? his superheroes and villains. Oh, okay, so okay. We'll I'd like to see the mayor of Wokingham dressed as Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> is that Peter or, Lucy? Uh, no. No, it's not. No, it's not Peter Lucy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, um, I should know. I, I, Councillor Kaiser? Uh, John I, Kaiser, yes. John Kaiser, yes, I wrote uh, it the other week. Yes, he'd be an excellent superhero. Or villain. Or villain. Oh, what are you getting at, Tom? <laughs> I'm very Sometimes it's the representative of the town. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> There's another really cool-sounding um, auction on uh, at Thimbleby in Shoreland, which is in Great Nolly Street, on Saturday. It starts at nine thirty. There is viewing on Friday from ten thirty to six pm. But this auction is called One Amazing Lifetime's Accumulation of Furniture and Artifacts of Every Description. And what it is, is there's a a man called Anthony Andrews, who um, unfortunately it appears he's passed away, and his executors are selling his entire collection, which is vast, um, at this auction on Saturday. So there are, I think there are 600 lots, and the lots include things like um, filing drawers, (coughs) chests, there are loads and loads of gramophones. There's a private bar. There is a piano, um, dressing tables, kitchen furniture, leather cases. Um, his master's voice radiogram with record deck. Uh, there are loads of pictures and prints. It's it's 
huge. There wow. are lots of books and magazines. It says a uh, quantity of Warlord comics and the Blues <coughs> magazines, Gosh. four old ledger books, uh, eight volumes of Chums. <laughs> I, bet, I bet he's got a massive globe with loads of countries which haven't existed <coughs> for many, many years. There's a musket. Oh, musket. Uh, an Eastern dagger with brass sheath and bone handle. <coughs> Uh, a Napoleon French brandy case, uh, figurines, lots of trinkets. Trinkets. Lots yeah, of you trinkets. can stock up on trinkets. Just for you, you. There'll um, be lots of shopkeepers from Winchester at this auction buying yeah. things for their shops. <laughs> lots and lots of boxes of records, assorted cameras, uh, and Remington Home Portable Typewriter. Oh, well. Be, uh, Other types of typewriters. There's a huge collection of typewriters. Oil gosh. lamps, camping stoves. Um, oh, a baby walker. Two sets of bricks. Fisher Price <laughs> Snoopy and wooden jigsaw puzzle. Not all in the same group. All in the same group. No. Yeah, that's okay. a two star yachts, stagecoach, a wheelbarrow. I think those are probably little toys rather right. than actual lot yachts. I read this and realise that Jenny's reading off a list. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a whole uh, podcast on this list. Jenny's honestly, just going to read them all out. There's just loads of stuff, loads of toys, baby's yeah. prams, loads of tools. Yeah, there's there's lots and lots of stuff. Thirty nine very expensive um, things you can buy at an auction. Really. I mean, it, it looks absolutely incredible, and I, I I don't know anything about Anthony Andrews, but it looks like he had a, an amazing life collecting lots of interesting yeah. interesting things. So I mean, even if you're not going to buy anything, I think it's worth going <laughs> and having look. a look around yeah. at the sort of stuff this chap collected because and how much is being sold. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, this this is going to raise a lot of money. Um, but yeah, I, I think that sounds really interesting. And if I wasn't going away this weekend, I would be going. There. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm on holiday. Well, yes, me too. Again, again, again. yes, so and I yeah. Thanks, Jenny. So we've got Woodley Carnival and an auction coming up yes. this weekend, which sounds really, really exciting. Um, if you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Podcast. Sorry, at Real Reading Pod. I've got that wrong. Um, it's written down in front of me as well. There's no excuse. <laughs> you can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. And if you're able to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live and work in sorry live or, this is all going wrong they must live or work in the town and most importantly they must love Reading um, that's all for now uh, next week as we mentioned it's finally our Reading driving test special we'll see you in a week bye hi I'm Katie and I'm Andrew we're at Time Jump Escape Rooms and you are listening to the Real Reading Podcast <laughs>